Welcome back to Holy Cow, a Cubs podcast. I'm your host, Sean Holland. We have been off for a little while, but we are back, and I have to say our timing is not good, because as everyone knows, the Cubs are kind of in a big skid. They were in pretty good shape for the playoffs, and now they've been kind of, for lack of a better word, falling apart. They've lost five straight games as we record this, and well, I thought I'd get on here and see just what the hell's going on. So I brought in one of our old friends, Jared Willis, from CHGO Sports, who actually is around the players, and you know, I thought I'd get ask him with a good feel for what the team is going through right now. We also discuss the stagnant offense, um, tired Dansby Swanson, and just everything else involving the current skid. It's a good conversation, and I think you'll like it. On Twitter, at jwillis, J-W-Y-L-L-Y-S, you can find me at sth85, and I'd like it if you... Like and subscribe to the podcast on the Apple Podcast app. And yeah, let's get to this conversation and try to figure out what's wrong with the Cubs. Here is Jared. Okay, uh, Jared, welcome back to Holy Cowie Cubs podcast. It's always good to have you on. Good to be with you, Sean. Always good to come on and talk some Cubs. Even, even now as things have gone poorly the last couple weeks or so. Yes. So that's what I was going to um, mention. Of course, um, I haven't done a podcast in a while, and the Cubs were doing great, winning a bunch of games. And, you know, I was thinking, okay, I think it's time for me to do a podcast finally. And I start trying to find people to do it, and the Cubs, like, completely melt down. So I guess <laughs> I'll ask you, what do you think is causing this kind of – collapse right now well i think i mean anytime you see a team that's doing this badly it it's never just one thing it's never just you know one aspect of the team that's going wrong um but that being said it's hard not to look at how poorly the offense has done um over the last couple weeks just like really struggling to score runs or when they do score some runs, it's usually, you know, excuse me, not um, too late in the game after they've already fallen behind and, you know, the offense isn't there, you know, when they need them. Um, and you've also had a little bit of just some like natural stuff that's going to happen at different points in the season, like Justin Steele sort of giving up two three run homers in that game against on, I think that was Friday against the diamondbacks. Like he's had such a great season, but stuff like that's always going to happen here and there. Uh, and then when you don't have the offense to kind of pick you up, then that's, that's a problem. And I have to say too, having, you know, just the bad luck of like Edward Alzali, like 
of, of all the times in the season for him to go down right here at the end, he's been so lights out. He's established himself as the closer. It's just, it's kind of a lot of things at once, but if I had to say, Hey, if, if they can get this one thing back on track, they might do, you know, they might write the ship here. I'd have to say you need that offense to score. And yeah, it's also just not only are they not doing, you know, coming through in big moments, but they also, it's like, this is the time when the, you know, the bad luck's hitting for like balls and play and stuff. Because how many great plays did the Diamondbacks make in this ser- last series where they were swept? It was like every time they hit a ball well, it seemed to find the glove. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's the kind of thing where I think we saw a cycle of that earlier in the season, like, you know, back in, all the way in like in May. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they kept the, the guys in the locker room kept saying like, hey, we're just running into some, you know, some bad baseball luck. And conventional wisdom says if you keep hitting the ball hard, then eventually it's going to, you know, it's going to find grass. The, the ball's going to fall. It's Things are going to go your way. And they had a stretch where that's what was happening. They, um, you know, they went from, we've all talked about it a lot. They went from 10 games under 500 to, I think that the best they got to is 12 games over. I mean, we think about a turnaround of that scale. That's just massive. So um, right now, it seems like a part of what's happening is they're, they're back in that, that other end of the spectrum, so to speak, where, yeah, you're, you might be hitting the ball and making good contact, but it's just finding gloves. And unfortunately, there's not a lot you can do about that. And they're running short on time to just kind of wait for things to, you know, to work out the other way. Yes. Well, that's, you know, you brought that up that, you know, they were 10 games under. And they're like, I don't know. It really felt like, what was it, late July, where there's this, if they don't like go on a run, Right now, the team's getting broken up. They're going to trade everybody off. And there's just a ton of pressure. And they came through. They did go yeah. in and got back in. But they, you wonder, they used up so much energy to get themselves out of this hole. Do you think maybe fatigue might be a factor? I Yeah, I absolutely do. Because um, there is there is something to be said for yeah, the the energy that it took to to win games at the rate that they were, and mm-hmm. and what it means for like you have guys that just weren't weren't taking days off when maybe under different circumstances they'd be getting rest days and they just didn't do it. I mean, on the last homestand, uh, David Ross kind of like half joked that Dansby Swanson had told him, "Hey, you know, no off days for me until we clinch." Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they, and then when we asked Swanson about it, he said, oh, I told him that back in April, um, yeah. you know, it's just kind of the joke was like, that's always my attitude. But but there is something to be said for when you're you're pushing the way that they've been pushing you. Some of your your guys who you really need to perform. Aren't going to get days off the way that they they might under different circumstances, and that takes a toll. It adds up and even in the best of seasons, you get to late August, early September, and guys are beat up, tired, worn out. And that, you know, that's part of what leads to some of what we're seeing now. 
you you bring up Dan Sweet Swanson and yeah, he just looks like he's completely gassed. I mean, I yeah. don't think there's any other way you can describe it. Yeah, and it, it's funny that like he was the guy who, you know, he was he was <clears throat> excuse me, cited as like the example. Um, and you see it, you know, when they're winning, you look at it as, wow, what great leadership. He's leading by example. The guy doesn't even want to take any days off. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, it's you watch him take at bats. You watch and it's it seems pretty clear that, you know what, maybe a day off or two, even if he says he doesn't want that is what the guy needs. Because um, really, other than when he hurt his heel back in early July, and had to had to sit out for a while. Yeah. Uh, the guy just doesn't he doesn't miss games, which is good quality. But but yeah, when you're you're struggling and maybe a day off or two would help, then this is the time to say, hey, this is what we got to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, unfortunately, like I said, it it may be yeah. it might be too late. Yeah. So that I mean, I guess I'll ask you to play like amateur manager. Since you know that's what we do on this show, we we get people to act like they're in charge. So, but would you in a very tough spot? Would you do something like might be controversial, like give Dan, like force Dansby Swanson to take two games off, even if this is like the crunch moment, but just to try to get something out of them for maybe the last ten games. Yeah, I think, and actually right now at the start of this homestand, if it was me, this might be when I would do it, okay? Mm-hmm. So you're coming off of this really bad road trip. You just got swept by Arizona, but they have they traveled back. You've got the day off today, and then um, a night game tomorrow, night game on, on, uh, on Wednesday. If you rest Dansby on Tuesday night, you could potentially have him going from playing Sunday afternoon in Arizona to not having to be back on the field until Wednesday evening. That's two full days off and then kind of part of another one. If, if it were me, I would have a serious talk with him about, hey, this series opener against Pittsburgh, you're, you're like fully out unless it's an emergency situation. You are taking that day off. Um, and he may not like it. He may not want to do it. But at the end of the day, I think I would I would seriously consider uh, doing something like that, because then from there, that's the final push. You mm-hmm. finish this homestand and then you've got a really tough road trip through Atlanta and Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. And that and, and that's probably how I would pitch it to him. Hey, if we're going to get through this, if we're going to really make this happen and hold off, hold on to this playoff spot, we need you. So I need you to take this day off. Yeah, because, you know, players are always going to want to play, no matter what. If you ask them, are you good to go? Yes, yes. No matter what they're going through, they're always going to be good to go, unless there's, like, something seriously wrong that even they can't deny. But usually they're going to want to go. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they're, they're, uh, unless things are bad, they're they're always, especially a guy like him, you know, the answer is always like, yes, I'm good. I'm good to go. Um, and, but yeah, that's as the manager at some point, it is your job to say, well, I hear you, but my decision is for the good of the team and where we're trying to go. 
I need you to take this day off. Um, and ultimately, you write the lineup. So <laughs> the player can say what they want, but great, I'm not going to write you in the lineup because I need you to take this day off. So I, I'll ask you, since you know, you're in the clubhouse sometimes. So David Ross says this thing about we're going to go with the guys that brought us, which is, you know, it's a, I can see the logic of that, I guess, but sometimes, you know, you stick to that so much, but like, what do you think? Why do you think he is so committed to that idea? Well, yeah, I mean, I get what he's saying because it's, it's kind of a way of saying like, I, I want to put my best guys out there. <laughs> and some of it is there's just, there there's what the manager will say publicly versus what conversations are happening behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and in a way like he, he knows like we can all see who it is that is, is propelling this team forward. And, you know, we haven't mentioned him yet, but like Cody Bellinger, this team is not where they are right now without Cody Bellinger. So there is to some degree where it's like, you got us this far. We need you to keep pushing us through um, to the end. So you're going to be out there. You're going to be in the lineup. Um, but that's there's always a balance to that, though, because it's a it's such a cliche, but it's 162 games, and very very few guys play 162 games. Even the best players have to take days off. And ideally, if you're talking about we're going to play 162, and then plus maybe quite a few more mm -hmm. you've got to have guys that can that can do it so yeah we're gonna go with the guys that got us here but that's that's over like kind of the big picture the long term and there still might be individual days where you have to say dansby or whoever i need mm -hmm. you to sit yes that's one of those things you know that some people you don't want to say joe madden was too much the other way that he'd switch up the stuff so much but he did have a pretty good feel for when to rest people and stuff. That is sometimes an undervalued quality. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think, and I think there is something to be said for having managed through a long playoff run. Mm -hmm. And when you can see what that does to players and how having players who are better rested during the regular season, how they're able to perform late October you know, when you're somebody like Joe Madden who has done that several times, it it has to change the way you manage a regular season yeah. when you're, you know, when you're playoff bound. And and that's not a knock on David Ross. He's just simply he's been there as a player plenty of times. But that's a very different experience than being the guy who has to make the kind of decisions that we're talking about. And he just hasn't he hasn't had to do that yet. So you hope as a Cubs fan that he gets that some of that experience this year. Um, but yeah, I, I do think it's until you've been there, it, it's kind of hard to really understand the impact that that has. Mm -hmm. All right. So since you brought up, um, Cody Bellinger, I think a kind of an under reported thing about this. I don't know. I didn't even, I didn't even realize that I guess his numbers are a little down this month and it really shows you how much he contributes to the team that when his numbers dip even a little bit, it really impacts the offense. Yeah. Um, because I think 
I mean, number one, they rely on him so much for his production. But as we all know, when you have a guy who was putting up the kind of numbers that he was, that doesn't just affect him. It changes the kinds of at-bats that other guys in the lineup are having, especially the guys who bat in front of him or even, you know, right after him to some extent. But, you know, when you have Bellinger sitting there fourth in the lineup, your top three guys are getting different at-bats mm-hmm. than they might otherwise. It it makes a big difference for everybody. So when his performance starts to drop off, then, yeah, that, that changes things for more more people than just him. Mm-hmm. And it's not, I'm not even knocking because his numbers are so incredible that, yeah, fashion, you're going to go down a little yeah. bit. Yeah. It's like that natural ebb and flow that a, a guy's going to go through, but it does kind of, it's unfortunate that his, his numbers are dropping just a little at this time. You know, if this was happening in like July, we probably, you don't, you don't worry about it quite as much, but it's like late September. So it's, yeah. It's a little bit of just bad timing. Yeah. So I guess the other big story before the this slide really kicked in to gear, of course, was Pete Crow Armstrong got the call up in the big league level and made some incredible catches. But obviously what we kind of figured, the bat is not quite there yet. I mean, it's understandable. But would you give him some more starts? even with the lack of hitting so far? Well, I think, yeah, cause that's, that's an interesting question. And I think, I think it's kind of a matter of like, well, you know, what are you trying to, to accomplish as a team? Because my thinking would be if I'm trying to make the playoffs, I need the guys out there. I need the guys in the lineup who are producing. Mm-hmm. And if his bat isn't there yet, then he's not in the lineup. Mm-hmm. The other side of that is if I'm not really in playoff contention and I want one of my rising stars to get valuable major league experience, then I'd run him out there pretty regularly so he can get a lot of major league at-bats and and learn from it and grow and go into his offseason with a plan for, okay, I, you know, I got X number of plate appearances in the majors and this is what I learned and kind of some of what I saw and now I'm going to work on some things. That to me, that's like two different things, and it's hard to have both at once. The only reason, if you're trying to get to the postseason, the only reason he's in the lineup is if if you think that he's providing enough value to help get you there. And yeah, he makes some dazzling catches, and his defense is, is there, but during a time when your offense is struggling to score, I'd, ha- I'd seriously think, I, I don't know that that's a bat I want in the lineup right now. Yes. The only reason I think it's even something you would debate right now is that Mike Talkman has cooled off so much, but otherwise, yeah. Yeah. It's not, I don't know if it's the way the lineup is going right now. I don't know if you can afford to have someone that's not quite ready to be a major league hitter. Yeah. And and that goes back to some of just the like unfortunate timing of things, because if, say Jamer Candelario is healthy then as Talkman cools off you can have Bellinger starting in center field and Jamer's at first um but you know as he's out then Talkman has to stay in center field or somebody does because now you have Bellinger at first base and it's again kind of circling back to the original question is there's just a lot of bad timing of certain things where 
there's only so much they can do to try to work around that and expect to keep winning games. Yeah. All right. So obviously, um, this is an interesting question because I like to talk to people that are actually around the team, literally around the team a lot. But what's the the vibe right now with the team, the players and stuff? Are they? Well, they're, yeah. I, I think it's tough because I one one of the things that the Cubs have done well this year is you genuinely and this I say this from having been in that locker room from the beginning of April all the way up through the last homestand, you cannot you can't tell. Um so whether they're in a, a stretch of really bad games or a stretch of really good games. You, you don't see a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yes, there's the possibility that, because there's a big difference, I'm sure, between what's the locker room like when it's just the players in there mm-hmm. versus what's the locker room like when it's open media time and we're, you know, all of us in the media are standing in there. I'm sure that there's some degree of like, they, they may, I don't know, carry themselves a little differently when, there's a locker room full of the media. Mm-hmm. Um, but for, for what it's worth, and I don't know if this makes anybody feel better or worse, but like the, you don't see a difference. And mm-hmm. I know that's something that David Ross has touted to us a lot as a, a, a part of the reason why they've been successful this year is they, they are steady and consistent like that. And so he believes that's a good quality I tend to think for a baseball team, yeah, you want guys who just don't don't ride the highs too high, don't ride the lows too low, so that when you're in a stretch like they're in right now, they're not panicking, and they're going to try to go out and, and execute the way that they know how to do, and hopefully, you know, because they still have a wild card spot. So yeah. if they can have, if they can finish strong, they will still be in the playoffs. It's not like they've dropped out yet. So. That's sort of a long answer to your question, but yeah, the short answer is the vibe is has kind of been the same all year long. Yeah, it's it's probably for the best that they don't react like social media because yeah, the last few yeah. days it's been and I'm not I'm not absolving myself because I've definitely been included, but it's been a lot of gloom and doom. Well, and that's I mean. It, it's not the fans job to stay level-headed about things like as the fans you you react how you want to react and if you want to get super high at times and super low at times that's your prerogative as a fan um that's part of what makes the whole experience fun um but yeah as the players like this is just a very different thing for them so they i'm sure they feel some of these losses and i'm sure there's a part of them flying back home from phoenix last night where they're thinking like, man, I can't believe we just dro- we got swept that series. We just mm-hmm. dropped those games in this road trip. But mentally, they have to just say, all right, well, that's that. We got to move on and look ahead and, and focus on the next series. Yeah. I mean, like, we can talk about it a little bit. That game on Saturday was just insane. Yeah. <laughs> that Yes. I mean, because... They- um, the Cubs almost yeah. won on a line drive off a guy's back that almost got caught in the air. That would have been the craziest ending 
that I could ever remember. Yeah, and that's one of those, like, you talk about baseball luck where, yeah, sometimes it goes your way and sometimes it doesn't. I mean, that's that's such a great example. Uh, and these things all get so magnified when it's later in the season where it feels, you know, it suddenly feels so much more significant. Because um, in a way, it kind of is. Like, yeah, it's coming down to it. You're down to the wire here and you got to win these games. Yeah, it's one of those, like, math versus, like, emotion things. like. Yeah. Obviously, a game now and a game on May 15th have the same mathematical impact, but they don't feel the same. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, yes, technically, they're all worth the same. Uh, but yeah, when it's May 15th or September 15th, it, it sure, yeah, you're 100% right. It sure feels a lot different. Yeah. I don't think people go into depression about the 13 inning loss. No. <laughs> Yeah, you're kind you're kind of annoyed by it or you're irritated or whatever, but it's like, eh, whatever, it's April. Um, but yeah, now it's it feels catastrophic. Yeah. All right. So I guess I'll ask you for is there any other things that you notice or anything you want to talk about? No, I think um I I think the last thing I would want to say is they again they have not lost their wild card spot mm -hmm. they're perilously close to it but they haven't lost it and you look at the homestand that they have right now uh it's the pirates and the rockies um yes they they didn't do so well against colorado uh during the this past road trip but you're back at wrigley you know the weather's going to be nice this week and if you need something to get the bats going, there's sometimes there's no better recipe than being at Wrigley Field when the sun's shining. Um, so they can really capitalize during this homestand. And then, yeah, it's a tough road trip, but they played really well against Atlanta when they played them at Wrigley earlier in the season. They've played really well against Milwaukee all year. So on paper, it's a tough road trip, but those are two teams, two teams they've been successful against and this the one year. So, I will say. Yeah. The one thing I will add, too, is that you don't know what they'll be playing for at that point either. The Braves. Yeah. They well, have and you're, wrapped up. Yeah, they're, Atlanta's clinched already. Um, there's a pretty decent chance that, I, I mean, almost certainly Milwaukee will have clinched the division by then, um, barring some kind of insane meltdown over the next week for them, which they've shown no sign of that happening. And actually... Um, um, the Cubs could really use them playing well because they're playing the Marlins. So, yeah, yeah. In a weird way, it would help them help the Cubs if the Brewers keep winning. So, um, yeah, that's a factor as well. In that that last week is what's at stake for the for the Braves when they play them. What's at stake for the Brewers when they play them? You know, there's that makes a difference when you have a team that's kind of already locked down what they're going to lock down versus a team that's, that hasn't done that yet. I mean, look what we just saw. The Marlins just blasted the Braves. Yeah. Cause it, yeah. Yeah. Great example. And even you could argue what Arizona just did. Mm -hmm. They're, they're fighting for their wild card spot. So um, yeah, uh, it's, it's going to be an interesting final two weeks. And I, yeah, I would finish by saying that they're, they're not out of it. And there's, Looking ahead, there's plenty of reason to believe that they'll hold on to that spot. As long as they um, play better than they just did. 
Anyway. Yes, absolutely. All right. So um, I'll let you kind of like, you're on CHGO and just tell everybody where they can find your stuff. Yeah, that's that's the main place is uh, CHGO. So the website is allchgo.com. Uh, I cover both teams in Chicago, but obviously that this time of year, I'm a little more focused on the Cubs because there's just more going on with them. Uh, mm -hmm. So you can read my stuff there. I show up on their podcasts on YouTube every so often. Uh, but yeah, allchgo.com, that'd be the, the main place to to find my work. Although I will say there were some interesting White Sox things to cover yeah. about ago. I was there the day after the the weird shooting incident. So yeah, there there have been some storylines. That's for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you as always for coming on, and hopefully we have better Cubs news to talk about the next two weeks. But glad to have you on. Thanks for having me, Sean. You can also find the podcast on Stitcher and Spotify. We will be back in a couple weeks either for the playoff preview or the end of the season wrap-up. Hopefully it will be the playoff preview, but I don't know what I can tell you. I have no strong predictions one way or the other, but I will be here to tell you what happened. So until then, go Cubs. <laughs>